Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to the show. This is Paradox, and I'm Josh. I'm Jimmy. And we are excited to have Trillia Newbell on the show. Trillia, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. And you heard it right. The name's Trillia. And husband's name is Thern. Okay. Those are two fantastic names. They're like incredible incredible names. Is Trillia, is that a family name? You know, I'm asked that often. No. Um, <laughs> Trillium is a wild flower. It's found in Tennessee oh. and it's found in other places. And my father just made it up from there. So, <laughs> so, so it's not a family name and you're, you're pretty sure that he was not intoxicated at the time. <laughs> <laughs> my dad did not partake in illegal substances, so he was not intoxicated, and, or, or, or legal substances, right. he was, um, yeah. That's great. So Trillia is a author, she blogs at her website, trillianewbell.com, she also has a podcast, and then she does some speaking. She is also currently the Director of Community Outreach for the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. You kind of focus in on faith, family, as well as diversity. Did I get all that correct, Trillia? You're right. And we're going to try as best we can. I can there's no really accounting for Josh, but I'm going to try to be very ethical during this. <laughs> okay. Interview so that you will not throw any red flags. There will not be a, a, a penalty horn sound or anything like that. I'm going to be <laughs> That's very amazing. Well, good, good, good. <laughs> I I want to jump into one of your books, God's Very Good Idea. I see that getting a lot of noise on Twitter. It's your children's um, book. Correct. Can you tell us about God's Very Good Idea? Yeah. So God's Very Good Idea is written from the heart and perspective that um, God created the world. Um, we sinned. Part of that sin caused a division in our relationships with people, those specifically who are different than we are. And we ruined God's very good idea. Mm. And then I, um, but Jesus rescued it, and it was always part of God's plan. And we can live, uh, even today, right now, enjoying and loving um, those who are not like us. And so that is the essence of God's very good idea. So it's a you know, book really focusing on the gospel, um, but with a lens also towards diversity. Yeah. And, you know, most folks have this, you know, you had an idea to write about God's very good idea. And most folks kind of aim at probably adults to to discuss diversity with them, the importance of loving others and kind of reconciling back towards God's original plan. Why the children's book? Why target a younger audience? Well, I think the foundation of of the um, the foundation really starts. Uh, any biblical foundation starts should start when they're young, and so we want kids to be thinking now about their church family, about brothers and sisters in Christ, about what it means to be made in the image of God, about what it what what is sin and how 
how can we um, be reconciled to one another? And thinking about it um, right now. So that this topic, especially the topic of race, isn't something that is um, just a cultural topic, but something that we're talking about in our, in our dinner table. And it's mm-hmm. something that's not just discussed in the negative, but it's something that we're celebrating because it's God's idea. It was God's idea to yep. create the nations. And so we want to be talking, celebrating, thinking about those right now and building foundation for children, kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And diversity is, to your point on your website, so much more than just race. Kind of discuss the wide breadth that is diversity. So I focus in on, um, in this book, uh, disability and, and those who are, um, yeah, so we, we see, you see that mostly in the images. And though it's hard to see with socioeconomic, um, that is the heart of the book also, that anyone who is would be different than you in, mm-hmm. in regards to, to anything um, race, um, disability, and socioeconomic. So the, and, the reason we want to think about that is because the Bible addresses those things. And we want to um, not just think just racially, but if someone comes in, because and, and the truth is, is that there might be someone who reads this book, and I hope there's someone who reads this book in a rural area. But if if there is someone who comes in who's a, in a different uh, socioeconomic uh, bracket or whatever you want to call it, we want to welcome and love them as well. So we want to be yeah. thinking about, um, and we want children to relate to those who are um, differently abled. Mm-hmm in love and support and care and not um, in a awkward way. So we, we, want, we want to be thinking about all of these things because this is the church. The church is made up yeah. of people who are just different. And, and, and we want to be a body of brothers and sisters in Christ yeah. and relating to each other as such. And, 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 and yet, and, I, and I, my, my question is, is, is how difficult of a nut do you find this to crack uh, you know, it's the really famous, you know, Sunday mornings are the most segregated time in the entire week. We tend to, birds of a feather tend to flock together. We're afraid of things that we don't know and understand, of anyone that may be different. We we tend to pull back. Uh, how difficult have you found it so far as far as the church listening to this message about diversity? So it's interesting because the children's book, as Josh, I believe, already um, mentioned, has been well. Re- thank you. Has been <sighs> well received, and and I think it's because parents are eager to discuss this with children. Mm-hmm. Now, as as adults, however, I think that this message in general is harder. I think it's harder for people. To, because of fear, you mentioned fear. I, I think that um, that people are afraid of this topic. People are afraid of saying the wrong thing. People are afraid of engaging. People are afraid mm-hmm. of those that they don't know that seem mm-hmm. different than them. And what my hope is is that parents will will break out of this fear. That will be they will be inspired and encouraged and excited and um, to, to talk about this, not because, again, we politicize this topic so much. Mm-hmm. 
and and to, for for good also. I mean, we mm-hmm. needed in the United States, we needed to politicize it to mm-hmm. change laws. But at the heart of this topic is we see a the gospel breaking yes. through. We see Ephesians 2, the veil of hostility being broken down in the body of Christ where one new man. We know that one day we'll be worshiping together, every tribe, tongue, and nation. We, we have something to look mm-hmm. forward to. And of course, that God created all people in his image to reflect him, and he did it. Um, he didn't discriminate. Mm-hmm. He didn't, it, there, there's a, what he's distinguishing we're different. There's a that's true, but not we're not created um, uniquely different as different species of people. No, exactly. And I found just with doing mission work around the world, you can be in the jungles of South America or the former Soviet Union, and you find with a believer that even though you're in a cultural surrounding that it might as well be the moon to where you've come from, you have so much more in common with these people than you don't. Our faith in Christ is a great uniter. It tends to trump any of those societal barriers that we so often throw up. Absolutely. I had the joy and honor of speaking at a women's retreat in Germany, and this, the women made up, I mean, I think it was, it was a picture of heaven. I think there were maybe 19 or 20 different ethnicities and, uh, and not just ethnicity, people from different countries and cultures present at that. I mean, it was remarkable. Women mm-hmm. who spoke five different languages. It was remarkable. And it what was greater uh, of greater joy and, and, and I just, I spoke what I would have spoken in Tucson or in mm-hmm. um, Little Rock or in somewhere in New York. I mean, mm-hmm. I shared the exact same scripture. <laughs> it, the Bible, it speaks a better word and yeah. it speaks mm-hmm. the word. And so we can trust that God's word is going to stand true for the person in um, Cambodia as it is going Mm -hmm. to stand true for the person in Nashville, Tennessee, where I am. Woo! That'll preach, sister. If if, if Josh had any money at all, I'd pass a plate right now. (laughs) (laughs) But he doesn't. That's amazing. (laughs) But he doesn't, so we're not passing plates. (laughs) So we're not doing it. Recording our Paradox podcast is a labor of love. We love exploring topics important to Christian families. We love bringing you interviews with authors, musicians, and podcasters that are shaping our world. Also, Jim loves to hear himself talk. See, I've been told that my voice is mellifluous. You have no clue what that means, do you? No. We also love making thousands of dollars. I know I do, if not you, Josh. I mean, we are, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but on this podcast, we are literally taking baths in $100. Jimbo, Jimbo, we're not making any money. And actually, as of right now, we're behind $2,500, so we're actually losing our shirts. But see, see, that's a negative confession. You seem to think that that's a problem. It's not a problem, my friend, because we have a Patreon account. Please consider supporting us on patreon.com backslash paradox. 
If you think the show has helped your family, if you believe in what we're doing, you can make a one-time contribution or set up a subscription. With your help, we can continue to bring healing to Christian families. That's what I call mellifry, mellifo. The word you're looking for is mellifluous. So Paul in in Ephesians 2 discusses this very thing. You know, he's talking to to Gentile believers and he's trying to encourage them that you are now actually a part of God's family. It's not only for the Jews anymore that Christ's work on the cross created this new, this one community, this one humanity is his word he used. And the result should be peace, he says in Ephesians 2. My question is twofold. How can the church bring about this one humanity so that we have more peace? And the second, kind of how maybe are we not doing a great job of that right now? Okay, the first question is pretty simple, and uh, people don't like simple, but the answer is the gospel. What brings that peace is Jesus. What brings that peace is for us to be submitted to Jesus. Jesus, he brings the peace, and he is our peace. So if if the church wants to um, proclaim this, then they need to pro- be proclaiming the gospel, and it needs to be um, the whole gospel, <laughs> and, and to every tribe, tongue, and nation. So I think that's the first. Uh, the second is we need to be sin confessors. We the scriptures say, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to purify us. So the reason we don't have peace in the church is that we have not been talking about this topic in regards to um, our our unity and, and why it's it's good. So you will, so for example, you will have, I have heard pastors preach time and time again on Ephesians 1 through 2. I don't hear the rest of that chapter preached on uh, much. Uh, we don't hear the Mago Day preached on much. We will hear references to that last day, but what does that mean for today? For right now. What does that mean for, for right now? We are in the already but not yet, but, and we, don't, we oh, aren't hearing true. about it. Yeah. And so we need to, we will here go and make disciples of all nations. But what does that actually mean and look like for today? We, we, will, we will reference Acts, and we know that Peter was speaking to the multitudes, but what does that mean for us today? How do we act on that? How do we, and so I think that, um, I think that that is where the church is is lacking one our leadership we need to be making sure that our that we it's a part of the DNA of our churches and that that starts from the pulpit so i would challenge pastors who are listening to consider if you have taken up um that this is a part of the DNA of your church that, that it's being preached on and then mm-hmm. as people who are are members, we need to challenge our hearts and ask ourselves, where is it that we struggle with racism or racial bias because people don't like the idea of racism or pride? Let's just call it what is it pride, arrogance, 
uh, the sin of partiality, which James mm-hmm. talks about in regards to socioeconomic, it, but it can be applied any broadly. We need to ask ourselves challenging questions, and then we need to repent where we've done wrong and receive grace. I tell you, I think our family was blessed in that the first full-time church that I ever got as a, as a youth minister was in Colleen, Texas, uh, right there attached to Fort Hood. And so in the military is a, is a great uh, leveler. There are as many white, brown, black uh, sergeants as there are, you know, it's all the, the neighborhoods because those captains and sergeants, they're, you know, they're making the same amount of money. So, so neighborhoods tend to be very diverse. And so the kids grew up in that environment when they were little and going to grade school. And then they go from that to a private school at a large church in Austin, a large metropolitan area. So they went from kind of really diversified to crickets. I mean, there's no, no diversity whatsoever. Uh, and yet their, their life beforehand made it sort of not, not an issue. You know, the, the kids of color, the, the kids that were there on scholarship, you, you kind of look back and, oh, those are kind of their best buddies because uh, they just kind of naturally gravitated to them. I think this discussion that you're talking about is extremely important when you can look at your life and not because you're racist or not because, you know, you dislike people that are different. It's just simply your life does not contain diversity. And if your life doesn't contain it, it makes this ha- having this discussion with your kids within your church even more imperative. Absolutely, because when someone comes, you want to be able to lovingly serve them. And one of the my hopes for God's very good idea is that it can help start that conversation for right. people who have no idea where to at least begin. And then I hope it expands. And people are, we're, we're talking about it in our dinner tables and we're talking and, and we're enjoying and celebrating different cultures sure. and different people. And, and so, um, absolutely. I, I think you you have to begin somewhere and, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's imperative that we set a foundation, especially as parents now for our kids. And let me clarify, Jimbo said kids of color and scholarship kids too closely together. Not all people of color in Hyde Park were well, scholarship kids. I wasn't even referring to them. Correct. And we were scholarship kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's why. That's why you fit in so well. Exactly. <laughs> Anywho, I know that's not what you meant, but just uh, yeah. to clarify. I love that. I love that. You know, you, you say celebrating diversity. I think a lot of us whiteys, we feel like the opposite of racism is not acknowledging diversity, not acknowledging color at all. Correct. And I guess take a few seconds to speak on it's actually it's more of celebrating the diversity, not overlooking it. Okay, I'm going to speak to it in regards to colorblind that we do not need to, nor do we need to pretend to be colorblind. We need to instead be smart about color. So color smart, color wise, any other whatever you want to say about it. But so often people of the majority culture want to be say, I'm colorblind. And what you're trying to say is I'm not racist. Instead, you want to we want to see the way that God has made people and and enjoy it, celebrate it, mm-hmm. delight in it. I 
and married to a white man. Mm-hmm. So it makes um, celebrating this diversity kind of easy for us because right. <laughs> we wake up and we see it. Our kids are biracial. So we it, it makes the conversation pretty easy. Mm-hmm. We're going to celebrate it. But so we need to be thinking that way, that we want we don't need to ignore race because there's no reason to. Yeah. God didn't. God and God won't. God won't be. He said every tribe, tongue and nation. And there's so there's no. Why is it so often in the scriptures talked about? Yeah. Go Very make nice. disciples of all nations. So we need to be celebrating this, yes, yeah. and not not pretending like we don't see it. Truly, I, I've got to tell you, and I don't want a lot of a lot of uh, guests get very excited at this point, but you need to understand that you have officially become one of my favorite guests. Now, which means you go on the wall of fame or shame, depending on how really you want to view it. Uh, so the next time that you and Thern are in Austin, Josh and I are taking you guys to Enchiladas y Mas. Awesome. And it's I have no idea when we will be there. Well, that's sort of what I'm counting on. So I don't have to actually <laughs> fund something of that nature. That's uh, amazing. But if you do come, Josh will pick up the tab. We'll take you to Enchiladas y Mas <laughs> because... You were fantastic. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. If you want more information about Trillia, go to our website. It's trillianewbell.com. You can also search that exact same name, Trillia Newbell, at Facebook and Twitter. Trillia, thank Trillia, you so thank much. thank you. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. I know that's not what you meant, but they were just too close together. Yes, which is what someone when they're 58 does. Honestly, and not backing up on it, I, I seriously did not, when I had in my Correct. head who the scholarship kids was, that's not who it was. Correct. It was us. It was, it was I should have said their fellow scholarship <laughs> kids. Uh, it's who they kind of migrated to. But I tell you what, she is someone that the, the Spirit of God just radiates out of her mouth. Not even looking at her, seeing her, having ever met her. She just reeks the Spirit of God. And I love her approach. I, you know, diversity can be one of those polarizing words, sort of, you know, sort of like um, uh, tolerance, you know, or whatever. And there are people can, that can just roll their eyes at it. And because it's become so uh, negatively politicized, but the way she's addressing it is natural, it's pure, and it's just Jesus. Guys, if you want more information about this show as well as Trillia, go to our website, paradoxpodcast.com. You can also follow us individually as well as the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find that information on our website as well. We appreciate you guys for listening. Peace out. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to ParadoxPodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. In you know, everything, we want that one perfect silver bullet that's going to just set us on a new trajectory of growth, of maturity, of development, and there just isn't. However, our culture is so entrenched with the now, now, now instant gratification 
that that just kind of you know it kind of it kind of propels that desire we have for silver bullet 